Welcome to the Bank Leader Link podcast with your host, Randy Holtgren, President and CEO of the Illinois Bankers Association. Listen to industry experts share the links you've been missing to prepare yourself for the future of banking. Welcome everyone to Bank Leader Link. We are so glad that you joined us again today. And I am really excited to have a friend, a special guest, someone who has worked closely with the Illinois Bankers Association for a long time. Sultan Megji is just a wonderful, brilliant uh, leader in the field of technology and finance. Uh, Sultan is the co-founder of Nyakova and also is an entrepreneur, lecturer, scholar, has done this work for more than 25 years and has incredible expertise in technology, international business and finance, and how those all come together. Sultan, thank you so much for joining us today on Bank Leader Link. We are really grateful to have you be a part of this and have so many questions that we'd like to ask you of suggestions that you have for our members, uh, other bankers who are always challenged with technology of what are the right things to do, what, uh, when they ought to do them, and uh, making those decisions as far as investment go and other things. So thank you for joining us and welcome. Thank you so much, Randy. It's a great pleasure to be here. And I always have a special place in my heart for Illinois bankers being a native son uh, from, from central Illinois. So, and I, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun today. So looking forward to this discussion. Well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. And I guess I just would start with that question. It's a new year, 2021, coming off a very challenging year of 2020. And yet our bankers have important decisions uh, to be made always with technology. But I would especially say right now, one of the things as I'm talking to bankers coming through this pandemic, we have seen a lot of customers who were resistant to using technology more open to it. And so banks, big and small, recognize how important this is, but there's also challenges that come along with that. So just, I guess, would open it up with suggestions that you have at the beginning of the, this year of whether it's back office upgrades or other things like that, that you would be recommending that our bankers be looking to uh, making upgrades or making some changes? It's a great question, Randy. And, and certainly the last 12 months has greatly accelerated the trends that we've been seeing now for, for you know, frankly, decades across technology now hitting the banking sector. I will preface this with the disclosure that you know I am CEO of a technology company, and so I will uh, I will always push people to buy our technology, but I'll try not to make it too much of a uh, an obvious sales pitch. the The big things for me that I I see successful banks doing in this challenging time is number one, focusing on their people and getting them comfortable with the fact that change has to happen. There is no optionality to these discussions anymore. You know, two, three, four years ago, we all kind of said, well, at some point you have to change your core. At some point you have to alter your cybersecurity profile. At some point you'll have to alter your, your organizational structure to support technology. It's no longer at some point. The question is, why haven't we done it yet? And you see that tremendously. The banks that have embraced automation, embrace that change, embrace that evolution of their people are showing tremendous growth. So if you look at the banks that did the best in 2020, they're all organizations that had a culture that was accepting and supportive of change. So that's the first part. The second is the legacy technologies across the banking sector are degrading at a faster rate because of this pressure. If you just look at how TPP loans were actually serviced, if you just look at how contactless payments are actually serviced, 
They are newer technology companies that are wired for the modern era. And so if you are on a 5, 10, 15, 20 year old core infrastructure, you are now playing catch up. And in an era where your tech is the single largest non-interest expense, do you really want to only evaluate your technology based on how much it costs you versus how much it hits your bottom line as a positive? It's got to make you money. And the banks that have done that are continuing to be successful and we're going to continue to see that acceleration. The third thing is cybersecurity. I think you know, probably all of your listeners have, have read at least something about the SolarWinds hack or some of these other cybersecurity act, uh, bad cases that have happened. The fact is, is that is going to continue to keep happening. And if you have a piece of technology that is more than three years old, you are fundamentally at risk. This is what I tell everyone. If you have a single piece of technology in your organization that's over three years old, you really need to put cybersecurity front and center for a little bit. The ability for bad actors, whether it's a state like Russia or the People's Republic of China or a company or an individual or a disgruntled employee or an upset customer, the, the toolkits available out there are orders of magnitude more advanced than they were a year or two ago. Even the National Security Agency has lost access uh, to parts of its technology because someone has stolen it. So if you just think, that if this is something the NSA was using against America's you know, enemies, you want that pointed at you? I don't think so. And so you really need to make that front and center. That's great and so helpful. And I, I guess I do wanna just dig into that cybersecurity piece a little bit more. It is something that obviously is scary. Uh, technology can be scary in and of itself, but cybersecurity is one of those things that uh, I think a lot of our bankers and even ourselves are just not really sure where to start. So I, you mentioned, look at anything that's older, any of your technology that's older. Is there any other good way to go to jump in where you're seeing success for community banks, smaller entities, uh, being able to get some real help and some real traction to get a handle on cybersecurity, but also to keep a handle on cybersecurity going forward? And how do you do that? How often ought you go back and, and recheck to make sure that you're being responsible and doing all you can do. Yeah, it's a great question. And sadly, I don't have a pithy 10 word answer for you. Um, but I will say a couple of things. First off is someone on the board of directors of your institution needs to have a fundamental accountability for cybersecurity, whether it's the same person who owns risk or not, that's kind of up to the institution. And that person should have a someone on the management team who is also accountable and the two of them get paired up and the way you and then that allows you to split it between the top level strategic concerns about cybersecurity. Are we allocating enough resources? You know, are we talking to the right people? Is our, are we getting the right regulatory support for the discussion, which is really a board discussion. And then on the management team, it's you know, have we hired the right people? Do we have the right enabling technologies? Are we, are we running things at a cadence that reports up the right way? Those are, those are two different things. I am, as, as you briefly mentioned at the beginning, I'm a scholar at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. And there's something that I recommend all listeners at least take a quick look at. There's something called the FIN Cyber Program, F-I-N-C-Y-B-E-R. And inside of that, there's a toolkit that is designed to aid in education and communication around cybersecurity for financial services institutions. It is a wonderful free resource. You can just go to the webpage and look it up. Anyone can just ping me and I'm happy to, to get them connected to it if they want. But we've spent years working with 
the federal regulatory community, global partners, technology firms, and others to build something that is a really great first step. And it's a wonderful you know, starting point for organizations. The second part of that is you're always going to have tactical cybersecurity concerns. And if you don't have someone on the ground making sure on a daily basis that you're patched, that you're reading the alerts, that you're communicating with your partners, that you know you that that or that you know the right uh, external organizations know who to contact in case of an issue, you really do need to have that. And so the biggest thing I can say is have someone who has the title of chief security officer or chief information security officer, even if they're it's a part-time job if you're a really small institution or something like that. You need to have that. And that person should be working with the board of directors. Thank you. That's so helpful. And we will do our best to help get the word out on that great resource as well. That's so good to know. And we want to make sure more people access that and are grateful for your work and putting that together. I do want to transition a little bit with the change of a new year. It's also the change of a new administration. And these are always, again, interesting just to see who is going to be taking different spots, uh, what likely is going to happen. And I know it's impossible to predict, but with that technology lens on uh, viewing things that are likely going to be coming up with a new administration, uh, with the Biden administration coming in, but then also uh, new leadership uh, in the Senate. Any thoughts for banks of things that they ought to keep their eye on as far as uh, what might be happening in Washington, D.C. that might impact them? Well, I think you know, this is a unique time in, in the history of our country. And so, you know, uh, I, I would say even more so than I normally do that uh, I am not the perfect magic eight ball. Um, so, um, you know, with all the, the caveats there, a few things that, that seem to be top of mind. Number one is it is clear that there will be an, an evolution in the structure relationship, political power of CFPB. Um, and certainly uh, with Chopper being named, which just happened here, I think I think we'll see a big a big uh, growth in, in CFPB. The, the second is, you know, I, I, I think, and by the time this comes out, I'm sure they will have announced who's taking over OCC. But again, I think you'll see a, a, a marked personality change in OCC uh, under the Biden administration. And I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see a, a some or all of the, the recent things that have come out of OCC to be pulled back a little bit. Um, FDIC obviously will, uh, will will stay pretty much the same. Obviously, Chairman McWilliams is, is, is going to, and she's got, I think, about two and a half years left on her tenure. Right. Um, the so so those are my my three simple ones. I think the you know from a from a high level perspective, I see two things that that get me you know that I think are worth mentioning. One is an, an increased focus on consumer protection. Absolutely, will continue to be there, um, and and that's, I think, going to be the focus of a lot of activities. And, and that will obviously impact you know, everyone listening to this. Um, the second is, and it's a more of a qualitative comment, but usually you see democratic administrations get more prescriptive on regulatory uh, programs and guidance, and you see Republicans be more kind of you know, philosophically oriented in a way. Um, the one thing that that in there will be kind of interesting as it relates to technology is you know there definitely be more of a conversation about third-party technology vendor risk management and like how to manage those service providers because risk management in 2005 versus risk, risk management in 2025 are characteristically different things number of transactions is different number of technology organizations they're working with is different and so i would not be at all surprised 
to see a renewed focus on third-party risk management or an increased focus there. I would also not be at all surprised to see more cybersecurity focus in there as well. Um, you know, there, the, it is absolutely clear that there's going to be issues there. Now, the other, the kind of the, that's, I would say, maybe not negative, but the, the kind of <laughs> less interesting, the more interesting is there will be, a, I think, more an, entry, uh, an interest in newer technologies, artificial intelligence and, and things like that. And as we continue to see this analog to digital evolution of the banking sector here in this country, you know, we'll be using the best technology in the world to do it. Um, the sad thing is, is it does give the bigger banks more of a leg up than the smaller banks. And so the smaller banks should use their agility because they're all significantly more agile than the bigger banks to take advantage of that. And so the opportunity to work with, you know, thoughtful, well-run fintechs that are AI focused, I think is going to be a real opportunity for, for this market. And that's across the spectrum. It can be everywhere from, you know, uh, or, you know, depository growth all the way back through back office automation and regulatory compliance. Fantastic. That's really helpful. And I would agree with you on every one of those points uh, that I, I think that is exactly uh, likely how things are going to go uh, out in Washington, D.C. And so that's very helpful. This time goes so fast. And so uh, it always surprises me how these uh, minutes fly by. But to, to wrap up, I would ask you to kind of put on your predictive uh, lens and looking further out in the future of uh, where you think tech in banking might be going years down the line. And you've hinted at that a little bit with that last answer, but I don't know if you have anything that uh, that you would think, hey, uh, as a banker, you ought to at least start paying attention to this. It's not gonna hit you this year, but likely in the next year or two or three or five, this is gonna be very much a part of your life. And so it might be smart at least to start paying attention to this. Is there one or two things that you see on the horizon that would be valuable for, our listeners to at least be aware of and maybe start paying attention to. So I will pick two radically different things to highlight. Uh, the first okay. is is what I call the automated back office. Um, that will be the norm at some point in the future. And for a number of institutions, it'll be the norm here in the very near future. And you can always tell who's really good at it because their efficiency ratios are amazing. Right, um, And if they're not, then their efficiency ratios aren't amazing. And you'll see that becoming more and more relevant relative to M&A and you know, capital access and things like that. So that's my first one. The second one is, is digital assets, what people sometimes call just crypto, but I, I use a slightly broader definition. Digital assets are going to become de facto at some point. Um, there's just too much energy against it. The, the market is pushing in that direction, you know, significantly harder than, than others, I think, are used to. And so whether or not it's an extension and protection of what the OCC has tried to do over the last few months or, you know, something entirely different that comes in the future, um, table stakes for banks will include digital assets. And so if you are not able to manage real-time digital assets, you are going to be at a significant disadvantage. Thank you. Those are really important things for us to, to be aware of. And I think you're right. I think it is going to be some big changes that banks, all banks are going to have to figure out, uh, maybe not in the next weeks or months, but uh, the years to come. So Sultan, thank you so much for your friendship. Thank you for your work with uh, Illinois bankers. We're 
glad uh, to have a native son of ours uh, to be able to turn to when these tough questions come up. So thanks for taking a few minutes to join with us today. Any last thoughts or suggestions or words you have for our listeners? Well, I know that amongst everything going on in the last few years, people can uh, can be a little despondent about the future of banking in America. And I would just say that whether it's five years ago or today, I'm incredibly uh, optimistic about where banking in this country can go. It's the best banking system in the world. It will continue to be that way. And I think as we go back to an opportunity where banks are being more aggressive and leading versus being defensive and worried about you know keeping keeping certain parties happy the better off we'll all be and so the opportunity for american innovation in the banking sector i think is the highest it's ever been and so i would just say that there's a lot going on there's a lot of uh, noise and, and drama and chaos out there but if you're a bank ceo or on the board of a bank and, and one of the listeners to this and you're trying to decide you know should i double down and continue to work in this market and do what you do Absolutely. And I think we're, we've got a lot of amazing work ahead of us. Great words. We need that encouragement and that optimism as there's a lot of challenges to face as well. But I think it is, it's a really, like you said, a great time to be in banking. So proud of our banks who have stepped up through this crisis to really help their communities, help families, help small businesses. And they continue to do that even as these new rounds of PPP move forward. So Sultan, thank you. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your expertise and sh for sharing with us today. We're grateful for your friendship and we're looking forward to staying close, hopefully for many years to come. Hope you have a great day and uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Randy. Always a pleasure. And again, to all our listeners, thank you for listening to the Bank Leader Link. We are so grateful and honored to have you join us and looking forward to be of service and help in any way that we can and wish you all a great day.